Not every episode is going to be about things that I've read in the Wall Street Journal. I listen to a lot of media. It's just easiest to cite the Wall Street Journal because I get the physical newspaper. And when things catch my eye, I can literally pull the page out and set it aside for later review and then to talk that on this show. Um, and a lot of the things that come from the Wall Street Journal, I hear my, my, my opinion comes out of listening to all kinds of related news, right? So if I talk about a story about Biden's stimulus, it's not like I only read the Wall Street Journal. I, I listen to every take on it, and then now I have synthesized my opinion. Um, <laughs> but with all that qualified, and um, that's really only necessary to you guys who've been listening to at least my last couple episodes, um, th- there was an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal that I just, um, it, it just started my, it's, it, it made me start thinking about several things that are, I guess, related to it in terms of d- discussing ideas. Um, so this opinion piece is called Religious Liberty Isn't Enough. It's by Ryan T. Anderson. And this whole piece is kind of about when traditional conservatives defend their opinions, they often take this defensive stance and just rely on the right to practice their religion and then be exempt from participating in certain government activities because their religion um, says it's sinful and things like that. So... I, I think th- this article, I think I have some thoughts on it directly, and then it spawns some meta thoughts that I want to dig into and I think are relevant to the general topics this podcast ends up covering. Okay, so to, to, to start out, just to take a few direct quotes from this article, it says, religious liberty is important, but it's only part of the story. And then it goes on to say, we need to oppose the left's agenda on the merits. It's the principal thing to do, and it will be good politics given where the American people actually are on the issues. Um, it gives a couple examples of issues, so it talks about being pro-life. Um, it talks about that Me- the, the Mexico City policy, if you're not familiar with that. It's how the United States wasn't traditionally allowed to give out foreign aid if it would be used for things like abortion. Um, but, uh, but Joe Biden has signaled that he, is, um, he, he, he has, I think he overturned an executive order. Um, he, he decided to overturn the Mexico City policy and call for the repeal of the Hyde Amendment. Um, so these long po- these policies long prevented taxpayers from funding and thus being complicit in elective abortions overseas and at home. And then the article goes on to say, but protecting pro-life people's right to dissent is the most important reason to oppose abortion funding. The complicity matters because killing unborn babies is profoundly unjust. So the, the, this author's kind of getting at how these people um, arguing from the traditional right use the crutch of we have religious liberty in the Constitution so I shouldn't have to fund this. But really where the stand needs to be made is on by, by saying things like abortion is wrong, right? And then, um, so, so he goes on to say something similar about uh, all the culture wars issues surrounding transgender um, people competing in sports, especially high school sports. And then he kind of goes on to say it's not really just that religious schools need to be exempt. It's more of 
the these children are being reinforced that they are a different sex than they biologically are, and that's wrong. Then he goes on to say that he, and then yeah, so so he goes on to say that lawyers will have to make specifically legal arguments rooted in the First Amendment, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, the Separation of Powers, or the Administrative Procedure Act, none of which turn on the truth of the belief seeking protection. But the rest of us needn't speak like lawyers. If we fail to fight back in the court of public opinion against the claim that our beliefs are bigoted, we will ultimately lose even in courts of law. Um, and then he also had said earlier. Even when it makes sense to argue these issues as matters of religious liberty, conservatives shouldn't pretend to be agnostic about the truth of our perspective. And he he also noted, and this is probably my favorite quote in the piece, this is right in the middle of it, he says, the left would love to frame these issues as if they pitted a reason and science against superstition. Okay, so if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably have heard me allude to um, the fact that I'm not a religious person at all. And I think this is why I really like this article is because I often find myself siding with people who are religious, but I'm awkwardly, you know, not religious. And they, they like to argue in favor of religious liberty, but the, the, this um, author is smartly pointing out, it's not just about the fact that you, you're, you're, you have the right to practice your religion and you want to be complicit in sins. No, beyond that, you think you're right, so argue about why you're right. And you know what, when it goes to the Supreme Court, the lawyers are going to argue about what's constitutional and what's not constitutional. But when you're talking about on the ground of the culture wars, it's not about whether it's if, if under, you know, penal code 6.03.04, it makes sense for X, Y, and Z. No, what, what matters is somebody going out there and explaining why they think abortion's wrong. And, you know, then you can get into real arguments about abortion and real discussions about abortion and stuff like that. And it's beyond just um, immediately falling back to something that isn't even making an argument. You're not standing up for why you think abortion's wrong. And that, that allows um, the left to characterize these people on the right as religious nuts. And you don't have people out there making the steel man version of why abortion is wrong if the people who should be making that argument are just saying, no, we have the right to not fund it. Okay. So I bring all this up because I think that this applies to a lot of issues that the liberty movement discusses. So instead of talking about, and, and I find myself doing this because I think it's the it's the side that needs more explaining. So I think when I talk about GameStop and I talk about regulations and I talk about zombie companies, I think that is good knowledge to have about how low interest rates can lead to companies, you know, surviving long past when, when they should have expired. I think that's things people should understand, people should know, and people, if they want to reason the world and understand what is happening descriptively, they should understand. But in the end, there, there are very simple reasons why I think, say, taxation is immoral. And if I'm going to argue about taxation being immoral, the point isn't for me to say, um, under the Constitution, until an amendment was passed by Cronius to fund war, taxation was immoral. And here are the legal reasons why I should be able to get out of taxes, cause they f could, because they fund murder. It, it's not just that. I should be able to say, hey, I never consented to this agreement, and I'm having money stolen from me. And this is deeply unethical because I didn't consent to it, and they are taking the products of my labor. And if I object to it, they don't care. The best thing I can do is keep my money and then hope I don't go and hope they don't throw me in a cage. Right? I, I'm at their will, and they're using me as um, essentially a person, as a means to the ends, and the ends is um, my, you know, 30% of my salary, so they can use it however they want. So. Instead of, you know, people arguing on the merits of how taxation is deeply immoral, people end up just saying, 
no, I shouldn't have to do this because it's um, because it's un- unconstitutional is what it comes down to a lot of time. Or, 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 or you'll see this, um, I'll, it's easy to default to the whole stay out of my life, I should be allowed to do it because I want to. But you also have to argue why it's like morally good or it makes sense. So this is why you, um, the, all the discussions around social media companies, right? A lot of times libertarians stutter and then they say, it's a private company, you know? So if it, Facebook, it's technically, you know, a private entity. It has property rights. It can do what it wants. But, but, then, but then you're missing these deeper conversations about, like, the implications of things. So it's not that just it's a private company. It can do what it wants. It's like, here are all the evil things that could happen if you have the government overtly telling it exactly what it should do. And here's the direct problem of the state telling people who can and who can't talk on certain platforms or who can and can't talk on the Internet. So it's not, it's not just saying, oh, it's a private company. Um, it, it's, it's about going into more detail and actually showing why you're arguing for the just perspective. Now, social media might be a bad example because they've already been co-opted by the government indirectly by pulling them in front of congressional testimonies and then berating them unless they follow their informal regulations. So that, that might not be the best example. But, but, but there are plenty of other libertarian issues where we can argue on the merits of the issue and instead of just saying things like the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. No, it's, just, it's not just what the Second Amendment says. It's I should be able to have a gun because I should be able to defend my family. Because even if you think that we have cops to protect us, it takes cops several minutes to get where, where you are when you call them. But what doesn't take several minutes is, you know, getting the gun that's in, in the room that you're in when you hear somebody break into your house. If you want an immediate um, item to defend yourself and you don't want to have to wait several minutes for the cops to, to show up after the assailant has already left with your stuff, well, then, then you need a gun. But, but, but if you just refer to the Second Amendment and legal precedent of um, interpretations of it and if you have the correct constitutional jurisprudence, well, then you're not, you're not arguing for why you're just. So it's important to not get bogged down in things and i specifically as a libertarian want to refer to the constitution because a lot of times we think of ourselves a lot of libertarians see themselves as people who are just constitutional conservatives that are being honest that i think i think that's something that maybe thomas massey would see himself as people who like truly believe in the constitution don't um buy into our current government structure and they think we should have very very small government i don't fall into that camp anymore i I don't see much value in the constitution but i'm just trying to describe a a small government libertarian trope and i just don't think it's valuable to cite constitutional inconsistencies because you're, you're wasting time when you could be reaching to people and taking the moral high ground you can take the moral high ground and say no that i have the ethical stance this is moral Here's why this is a profound good and this is the right thing. It doesn't matter if you can cite, you know, Article 2 or, or you know, the, the, the Second Amendment. Th- things like that. So I, I just thought this was some good food for thought because I see how neocons are trying to reframe some social war. Um, well, well, it's not neocons, but it's traditional conservatives are trying to reframe culture war issues. And th- these are issues that I'm on their sides on. Um, you, you shouldn't say abortion is wrong because some people are religious and against abortion, so we shouldn't publicly fund it. You should be like, you, you should be reminding them why you think abortion is truly an evil thing beyond just because the Bible tells you so. 
there are much more profound reasons that you can reach secular people with. So, so there's no reason to seat the ground on abortion. And um, I, I know when it comes to the trans issue, especially in minors, that there are books out there like Deborah So's book and Abigail Schreier's book that argue based on evidence. And they really dig into the issue. And then there are reasons to be concerned about minors that consider themselves trans or want to start um, doing things to their body. So there are reasons to object to it beyond saying, hey, I'm religious and don't want to fund it. There's an argument to be had there that that is about why you have the moral high ground and you should take that opportunity. Um, So yeah, I I think it is important to recognize what tactics are effective and what's important in the conversation, because in the end, that's a lot of how the left has won a lot of these issues, is Republicans have argued historically um, at, at least rhetorically, they, they, they've argued that they want to be left alone, while the left has pretty much virtue signaled and made moral appeals and taken the moral high ground. So we need to be doing, and I, I, I unfortunately use the collective we, but people who hate government and hate being coerced, they need to take the moral high ground back. So don't appeal to the Constitution. Don't, don't appeal to how you just want to be left alone because it's a sin or because the Bible. You, you need to say, no. This is deeply wrong, and explain to a secular person why you have the moral high ground, and they don't. And you know what, when it comes down to it, even if you can make a constitutional argument, the Constitution matters um, if there are Supreme Court justices amenable to it, and in that case, it only matters in the court case where the lawyers are arguing it. It doesn't matter what you think as a plebeian arguing with your friend on Facebook. So, so, So when you're changing normal people's hearts and minds, I think this is good food for thought. I think this is a good springboard for discussion when it comes to tactics for spreading the messages of liberty. Um, if, if you enjoyed the, the, this, this rant, um, I know this is shorter than my last few episodes, but I, I think I got all my thoughts out there. Um, please check out the backlog of episodes. Feel free to interact with me on Twitter. You can just find me at the as the Obey Podcast or um, I'm forgetting my normal Twitter handle. I think it's Matthew T. Keck. Um, you can reach out to me directly and maybe share some feedback if you have thoughts um, on the podcast in general, things you want it covered, or the, this specific episode, because I'm always happy to discuss. Um, well, with that said, sign off for now, Matt Kay. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or share the podcast with a friend. You can find out more information about the Obey podcast at anchor.fm slash obeypodcast or on Twitter at the Obey Podcast. Until next time. Next time.